0: Hello and welcome to the Home Sisters Podcast. My name is Phil. And usually about this time, I would introduce Rohan, but he's decided to take a little bit of a holiday. So I'm joined by the man that needs no introduction. It is Frank. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hey, guys, coming on. hello there. Thank you for uh, having me. Yeah, Frank. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, what well, I think I checked the show notes uh, on our website. Episode 60, last time you were here, 2019. 2019? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> December 2019, exactly three years, right? <gasps> yeah, that's three years, yeah. Um, so, yeah, as I, like, we talk all the time. It doesn't feel like it's been three years since we've had you on the podcast. I think we talk all the time on the creators' calls. We've got you. I've just seen you on the State of the Open Home. Um, yeah. live stream there. Time um, fire just freaking flies. Yeah, like three years. Um, So, yeah, I think we're talking all the time, um, and we've always had that little uh, symmetry sort of relationship where we're reading your release notes. You are the creator of the release notes for us that we read in the the beta period, and then you listen to the podcast and adjust your release notes. Sometimes you just decide to kill features that we've already talked (laughs) about. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, mate. That's It's fine. And then people go, oh, you talked about that on the episode. Oh, yeah. The next, next release it will come out. Yeah. We, just, we just removed it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the challenges of doing it in beta. Um, but, yep. yeah, anyway, uh, 2022.12 is here, last release of 2022. We do need to pay some bills first. Are you oh. prepared, uh, Frank? Last time we had Rosemary on, she was another podcast host, and I said, hey, do you want to do the ad read?
1: Um,
0: <laughs> do you want to do a live read of the ad? I mean, you you hear so, it
1: all the time. Yeah, you, I I almost can do it by heart. Actually, I think well, you, every <laughs> time, you're like the show starts, it's that right. But mm. if we talked about this before the show, so I actually made a, you a little clip of an I experiment I did. No, I should sh- I should sh- the thing is, if I am going to mess this up big time, I'm pretty sure. And I, you think I, you think I should do it? I, I, no, if you if you mess it up, it makes it better. It makes just, it better. Yeah. And then just read it normally, or should I do like what I know?
0: I, do, do, do the whole, I want the whole shebang. I want the audio. I want the full <laughs> Frank experience, mate. Okay, let's, no, let's I try. I want you to seduce me with this, all right?
1: Uh, Paulus, if I mess this up, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so word from our sponsor? Uh, let me get the audio clip ready here. Uh, this is not good. to Okay, <laughs> well, whatever. Let's do this. Are you ready? We're ready. All right. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Home Assistant Cloud by Nabucasa. Easily access your local Home Assistant instance remotely. For just a small monthly fee that supports the Home Assistant and ESP Home projects. All the configuration is done via a small, simple and elegant user interface. So there's no fiddling around with those difficult router settings, things like SSL certificates or any of the Yambo. Yeah, nice. I missed it.
0: But uh, yeah. it's fine. It's just, fine. I, you know I want to buy another house just so I can get another subscription.
1: I actually wanted to add, like, uh, go and activate your Home Assistant cloud subscription today. But this this sample is not long enough.
0: But no, I mean, this guy (laughs) comes with his own mixer. He's got his own audio track behind him. Rohan, when he gets back from holiday, he's going to have to pick up his game. Otherwise, that's it.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> uh, let's not let's do that stuff
0: yeah. yeah. alright alright with your podcast live stream you know
1: uh, this is just I should not right do here. this live <laughs> alright
0: um, right, cool so 2022.12 um, I'm going to talk about stuff and Frank is going to correct me when we get it wrong
1: so <laughs> it Right. Here. <laughs> no, I, right. I, I will make mistakes too so you know what the thing is the releases nowadays like don't get me wrong they are so big Like, no one within the project actually knows what, like, changed. Like, there's so many changes. There's no one that can grasp it all. So for me, as collecting the release notes, it's just going through, like, everything that has been done that month, right? And even then I miss stuff. So, yeah,
0: even I don't know it all, probably. Pretty sure. Let's test your knowledge and we'll have a pop quiz at the end. Um, (laughs) There are a couple of headlines that have come out. So we did have uh, the... uh, of State of the Open Home, uh, which you yeah. were a presenter on, which was amazing. There is a recording on YouTube. Go catch it if you didn't get to catch it live. Um, it was 4 a.m. my time, so I didn't catch it live. Uh, but, yeah, really, uh, was it was actually a professional setup. I uh, quite liked it. There was a little bit of drone footage there. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. But the big thing um, that came out of that was 2023 is going to be the year of The Voice. Yes. Um, wow. Wow. The so, voice. Yeah, yeah, the voice. Um, the. So, so yeah. what What do you want to tell us about that, Frank? Like that you can give us as a, a podcast listener five minute. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, we've had
1: that, those focuses for many years, right? So let's go back to all the beginning that was shared love, right? That was mm-hmm. at the time, um, like we did the first state of state, state kind of state of the union. It was called at the time. That's right. Um, so that was the, the share the law was usually the thing, which when it came like shared law promises and share your automations and share everything you have. Right. And later it became making things easier because we wanted to bring stuff more into the UI. But as we started to doing that, things got a bit like sometimes not aligned. So last year we did streamlining. Um, and all these things are still like a focus. Like it's not that we still don't want, we still want to make things easier and we still want to streamline and well, we still want to share the love for the home assistant, of course. But for this year, it's uh, the year of the voice. And for this year, we're going to aim at... Well, I should make a sample out of that. So for this year, we should just uh, aim at, at, at making voice integrations better because, well, they are all cloud-based, most of them, right? And what's available local is often difficult to set up and hard to integrate. Um, so yeah, we brought on board, and uh, with Casa to work on this. And we're going to look at how we can make voice in Home Assistant better and preferably local
0: um, in some way. Because yeah. I think it's going to be, I remember there was Snips that was a local AI assistant that then got brought out by Sonos. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, now that sort of has left the iot smart home space you know needing uh, something yep. to fill that gap right um yeah so yeah that, that makes a ton of sense and like nabucast has just sponsored so much stuff you know from JS to SP home to now bt home and everything right like It's but this is
1: um, part of the open home, right? We mm -hmm. want to have an open home. That's what we're all in for. It's not just Home Assistant, but the ecosystem around it is important too. Um, Because, well, like it has Z Wave.js is a great example because Z Wave.js is like a separate project and it's open source and it's like there and it's used by other home automation systems too. So if they fix something and make something improvements to Z Wave.js, well, Home Assistant will benefit from that.
0: As well, open right? Hub, decons, they get and, that immediately. Yeah,
1: and the other way around too. So in the end, like it's just building the open home. Like we want like the only way open source work is if we share the love, right? And uh well, that's part of it. It's it's just part of the core value. It's, it's not
0: just home assistant, it's the ecosystem around it that just needs to be better and we should share absolutely well i'm very excited to see where this goes i think um able yeah, to talk about languages um like yeah. around the world like on the creators call the other day it's yeah i think it's gonna be a big task um and it'll be very good um for the ecosystem and for home assistant i think so
1: yeah be i believe one point. of the first things that's going to happen is like how we can make conversations better from within home assistant with with the system and there's how are we going to do things like um, different languages? That's a focus. Uh, like There has been talk about how we can get ambassadors to like contribute voices and such. But at this point, it's mostly just planning, right? What are what our what are MVPs? What is yeah. important first? And how are we going to like attack this? So this is mainly something that Mike is working on right now, um, and Paul is too, I believe. So let's let's just
0: see how this goes. The year hasn't started yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Well, right. well hopefully we'll get Mike on next year as well and we can touch base with him and see yeah, you should where his plans. Yeah. That's the plan. Um what else came out? Um so we had the creators call the other day with yourself. Um and <laughs> yeah. we'll see if it comes in this release. Um but home is isn't uh, is gonna talk matter.
1: Oh, so, um, I, I can see the, you it is in
0: it is in it made it yes, yes as was a couple of hours yes it made nice, it nice nice so yeah, I think uh, it's just there's no matter devices on the market right now that you can no purchase but Home <laughs> this is has amazing. released matter like look so. at this we have
1: matter support you cannot yeah. buy devices to use it but we but have
0: it um, we support 100%
1: <laughs> devices because <laughs> nothing on the market <laughs> <laughs> Everything works, right? Uh, yeah. So uh, the thing with Matter this release is we're adding Matter, which is a big thing. It's obviously the biggest thing this release because Matter has been talked about a lot for a long time right now, right? But it is a developer preview. That's probably maybe not um, like how they want me to say it or something. I don't know, but, but I would like classify it as a developer preview simply because you mm-hmm. cannot get any devices right now, right? But it's important for us to, to ship it because well now people can join in the development can join in the early testing can join in maybe you can create your own matter device like we did in a workshop at the time you can now try it out and maybe help with the home system development too so this is opening up doors and we know a lot of people that are working on matter standards in the ecosystem for other companies also use home assistant so hopefully like those are people that are start testing and join in in general, this is just a big step forward. We, won, we are one of the first that are now publicly dumping Matter and support, Yeah, making it available,
0: right? So in terms of the Matter protocol, is that now finalized? Is there a risk that because you've shipped so early that it there could be a change and whatever you've shipped needs an update? Or is it, this is it, it's finalized?
1: It is finalized. It's version 1.0 right now, right? So um, that's what's in there. Uh, but yeah support could be improved right like there's a protocol and that's how home assistant ter- interpreted it mm. interprets it and and that could be improved right we could improve how devices are uh, i believe right now it's light uh, maybe switch but maybe there are things like events fans or i'm not sure what meta 1.0 actually supports all i believe like things like uh, robot vacuums cannot be supported yet. But yeah, there's a lot in matters of 1.0 that Home Assistant needs to support with Matter, not Matter itself, um, and that's the base we're going to build on now. That's good. The foundation is there, the communication is there.
0: I think this is going to be similar to like HomeKit. It's going to be one of those protocols in Home Assistant that can really uh, open up doors to things, right? Like you can get uh, if you've got a device that talks HomeKit, then it can talk Home Assistant. Yeah, right. Um, and I think Matter's is just going to be on the same level. It's, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of those devices out there that just don't have support, right? Especially if you go, like, I don't know, if you go to Aliexpress, you can buy a lot. And then the question so. is, does it work? <laughs> I think Matter, especially Matter, would be helpful with that in the future. Like, if you buy, like, some random device somewhere random in the world, uh, you have no idea if it works. But if it works with Matter, then the goal is it should work with Home Assistant. Yeah and probably like an integration like the philips u integration will probably work better with you than if you connect via meta to you it sounds weird, weird but <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that well it, that, that will probably the integration will work better because there are just more features in there um but still if you buy like one of those random devices as long as it will have the meta logo in the future yeah that will work so that's great yeah right all right
0: um let's get on to the, the meat of the stuff uh, oh. Shelly devices, which are now ESP based, can now forward Bluetooth connections. Um, so last, was it in the November release? Uh, they yeah. released the Bluetooth proxy for ESP home. Um, so now you've got all your Shelly devices that use, uh, are based on, uh, ESP based firmware can now, I think it's from firmware 12 and above. Um, yeah. and they'll do BLE adver- advertisements only. Um. But yeah, I think Bluetooth yes, it's, a, it's just gone crazy like since these proxies, like every yeah. toothbrushes and yeah. if you look
1: at uh, our public analytics actually, uh the public analytics of Home Assistant, you mm-hmm. will see that the Home Assistant August release was one of the most quickly installed and most popular releases this year. And that's the release where all the Bluetooth stuff started and dropped th- drop in. I believe this one is September and November indeed. The proxies came in came in and made like get more um spread out to the home which yeah. is really great with those little esp devices but now having shelly devices in here like this is advertisement only so this is only with ble devices so one of those like i don't know if you have no this is Zigbee actually so this is not okay but if you have one of those plant sensors or temperature sensors laying around broadcast
0: um, out and that broadcast happens, indeed
1: yeah then those Shelly devices will be able to pick them up. And this works with every second-gen Shelly device that has the 0.12 firmware. I believe that firmware is even beta at this point, so you have to specifically install it on your device. But yeah, it's great that it's dropping. Yeah. Just the range. Next one is on the list for the release notes, which I really like because it's visual. I always try to make release notes a bit of like visual and non-visual, <laughs> mix it together. But this one is like the tile cards, um, which were released last release. And uh, how many people say it's like the mushroom cards or something? It's very similar. Uh, the, it's, it's very similar, right? Mm-hmm. I always say it like it. It looks like mushrooms. It it smells like a mushroom. It tastes like a mushroom, but it is a mushroom. It's it's the tile card. Um, and well, this release, it gets features and not just like features as in sense of more features, but it's called, it's a feature called features and features are additional things you can add to, uh, one of those cards. So you could now add controls, for example, a vacuum cleaner. So if you have a vacuum cleaner entity, which you put in the tile card, you can add like, a uh, controls for the vacuum cleaner and a slider for your light or controls for your cover. So that looks really slick. It's nice and compact.
0: So that's features. I also like the colors. I think All right. that is, like, <laughs> fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not, not only because, like, the colors are everywhere. Like, so if you do if you don't use the tile card, there are mm. now each state is attributed to a certain color. So yeah. a locked door will always be green, for example. Um and I think what was I looking at before? I think my air conditioner turned from cooling to off and it went to a yellow state um in my history, even though I don't use the tile card so yeah, like the bringing the color around everywhere like making it consistent um it's just one of those subtle changes that I really like it just yeah. uh, I don't know, it lifts the whole UI somehow I don't know why, but <laughs> just seeing that little yeah. I, I like
1: that sprinkle of color in general. Like we, have, it has been added to multiple places over the years, right? The settings mm. menu, for example, this year, like yep. color dropped in there and it just makes it recognizable over time. And for now having like uh, recognizable state colors, I think that helps with the recognizability of a state in the future and also looks just like, I don't know, colorful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's always the same color, right? So if you had like the state graphs in the past and you looked at those like those were random, those colors. So yep. it could be different every time. And right now, it's based on the state it was. So they look consistent, too. And that same color has been added to the logbook, by the way. I like that. There's now a little yes. color indication in the logbook, too. Um, so, yeah, colorful. Yeah, that's I mean. just, it's just sprinkled everywhere, right? It just,
0: yeah. It makes it nice. Like a little Christmas tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, um, something that's... Popped up very randomly. Uh, country and language <laughs> support. Uh, uh, just, yeah. I mean, we've always had languages in Home Assistant. There's been a big focus on uh, getting Home Assistant translated into so many languages, all from the open source community. Wow. So talking about like the community, that's all community provided, right? That's mm. just insanely good.
1: That's crazy. Like that, that's How a project in itself, it. right? Like, yeah. Languages. It's large, and it's busy, and there's so much going on there. It's amazing to see.
0: Yeah. So uh, country is now supported. So uh, one of the reasons it's been brought in, so the MATA protocol, for whatever reason, does require that the system, the controller, specifies which country is belonging to, probably for some regulatory compliance. Um, every... Isn't that Wi-Fi compliance, like
1: based on the
0: channels? Yeah, I, I'm guessing so, yeah, because like depending on what region you're in, you know, um, it depends mm-hmm. what Wi-Fi frequency you can uh, use, and Zigbee does use a similar frequency to Wi-Fi, so I have a, mm-hmm. an assumption here that it would be for that reason. Um, so when you upgrade to 2022.12, there will be a repair that will uh, come up in-home, this isn't telling you that the Uh, I believe the country has not been set. Just go in, set your country. That will also have an effect. um, No, it doesn't have an effect on other settings at the time, but I think there are plans um, in the future to sort of derive languages, units of measurement, all that that would seem... So this release
1: just asks country and language. Um, Country will ask for indeed, and language will automatically be imported from the owner account setting. Like if you are the owner and you have set it to i don't know dutch then it will be dutch yeah um but it doesn't use it at this point like these are just the main configuration options that are added right now so everybody can start adding it in and like configure those but for the future we can do things with this like indeed matter but uh, also indeed the units of measurement or maybe far-fetched future but uh, things like notifications that are sent to your phone
0: Actually, being localized. Even things like suggesting what integrations should come pre installed, right? Like, why yeah. should the default weather service be somewhere in yeah. Norway when we know you're in the US and AccuWeather might be better for you or something like that? Yeah, maybe. Um, there are tons of possibilities with that. So I think this is a great
1: solid base to add. Like, it's so basic information that can be used and to improve many things. Uh, like in Canada, I believe they have a different unit for wind speed in general than other countries. Like, it would be cool if, you're, if it knows, like, you're in Canada, so let's just use a different yeah. default. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, yeah, cool small addition.
0: Uh, now, the text entity, I don't even want to try and explain why this one <laughs> is needed. Um, <laughs> please. You, you gave it, Yeah, like, why? We already have the why? Input text helper. Why, why do we need a, a new text entity?
1: Well, that's exactly what it is, right? We have an input text helper. So we have a new entity this, as of this release, uh, which is the text entity, which really is just text. Um, but it's family or little brother or nephew or maybe even its parent now, if you look at code. But um, of the input text entity, which is mostly known as the text helper, the text input helper, it goes by different names. But the thing with helpers is, helpers is something you create. Right. You need an additional helper to use in automations and could create an input text or an input boolean or an input switch or uh, things like that. But those are not like things entities or sorry, integrations can use. So it's not like the Philips U integration can create helpers for you. It can create entities. So there's a gap there. We don't have a way for integrations to create something similar as an input text helper. So that's what it is. It's a, it's, it's the, Entity version of the input text helper, so we can now have text entities, and I believe this now is able to be used by KNX and MQTT. Uh, both got in, I believe, and KNX has one has those little displays, a little bit like those son of displays, I believe, oh, I you nice can put see it in the yeah. and there is a textual thing on it, so you could create an entity that allow you allows you to change the
0: text on those, and you can use it then in automations again. So previously, like if you wanted to do that, I'm imagine you would have to create an input text helper, set up an automation that when that text is updated, then it would fire the automation to update the KNX. Now the KNX yeah, like integration can do that like out of the box without yeah, needing to do that something
1: to like that. Input, yeah, yeah, KNX is like a protocol, so you have to define it manually, just like MQTT. But yes, yeah, that's basically what it does. Yes. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Wow. All right. I like it. Um, I, I don't
1: expect to show it up everywhere. By the way, it's just one of those little things that's just missing and yeah well, could
0: help. How many? Yeah, I don't see many integrations needing their own text entity. Like no, probably not. Um, this is one that I think uh, came from What the Heck, and uh, just judging by the people running the beta uh using uh that we're about to create their own template sensors to do this is oh. uh, the ability to combine the state of several sensors and you can either sum them i like think there's uh other is it just summing there was no subtraction at this stage but it was definitely summing um multiple sensors together so if you have two energy sensors that you need to get a combined value of you no longer need to create a template to pull that into one nice sensor you can now do it all in the UI um that's just cool right yeah like- if you want to add two sensors together, like sum
1: them up, then you would have to create a template entity, which is just like, why? <laughs> so we can now do this. Like, this is cool. You can just like add one, select two entities, and then it will create a new entity that's the sum of those. Brilliant.
0: How does it, how, I wonder how it will go with different um, <laughs> units of measurement. Like, someone's trying to add a watt and a kilowatt hour together. Yeah. I wonder if it's smart enough to know.
1: Um, no,
0: it's not going to work. Not smart
1: enough. No, right now, no. Right now, we'll just add those values. Well, uh, it would anyway. be cool if that was smarter. But I still think there's always place for template entities, right? Like if you do want to do more complex things, then sure. Then there's no way we can make every mathematical like complete no, equation possible. That's not that's not it. But for just basic things, that this will work. Um, yeah. For me, I I made the screenshot for the release notes. I believe I have two. Uh, I have an electricity meter that has two tariffs, so I got essentially two meter values. And the only way to get a total is to add them up. And mm. yeah, that that previously would need it.
0: templates, which is just weird. I mean, it's weird you've got two electricity tariffs, I guess, but... Do <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah, we have like a
1: weekend and day, night uh, tariff. So uh, the night and weekend is like low, and during the day is high tariff.
0: Fair, okay. Yeah, okay. I guess I have the same thing. I don't... Yeah, I just have it all. My, my energy consumption is through a rainforest, and I'm using an API of a electricity company to give me the price. So yeah, I guess it's a little bit easier for me. Um, but I think the next one Paulus is really excited for um, the, <laughs> <laughs> the pet feeder. I want that thing too, by the way. Um, think- so, yeah, supports the Aquara C1 pet feeder, um, which fires ZHA now. Uh, I've got a little note here. You can combine it uh, with the litter robot integration in Home Assistant and completely automate your pets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was just, uh, just saying your note was this. if it feeds your pet, it doesn't feed off it. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> Just to be clear, somebody asked like, how uh, uh, does it work? Well, it will feed your cat. <laughs> okay. It doesn't feed off. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> right? But yeah, you can automate your pets. No, but it, it's, it's kind of the like it's, I don't know. It's like I, I really, I, I would like to get my hands on one. I tried the other day; they're sold out almost everywhere. But um I could order maybe on AliExpress or some other far away site. But yeah. yeah, it's just cool that it's added. These are the things that is just beautiful. Somebody just like reverse engineered that thing, and it's got added. Like this is you cannot like plan this or. Whatever, this is, this is one of the great things of the community. I was
0: going to say, beauty of open source, right?
1: Yes, this is the beauty. That exactly that. The fact that we're talking about a path feeder <laughs> is just, wow.
0: And that you can automate it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and your path too. Yeah. Um, Slack has a do not disturb sensor you can now automate on. Um, always appreciate a good Slack integration. Um. And for those that are using Picnic, is that a Dutch company? I'm yes. assuming it's Dutch somewhere. Yeah. I mean, when I saw this in the in the release, I was like, "Yes, I want to add items to my grocery order." Yes. <laughs> oh, Picnic, and then it's not in English. I'm like, "Ah, oh, excellent." Yeah,
1: it's. It, I actually use it from time to time, uh, like the the Picnic service. There are mm. a couple of years out here, so um, sometimes it's just nice to. Uh, get it delivered at the doorstep. Nowadays, I go to the store more, but during the Corona period, this was like super cool, super helpful.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, it's it's cool. You can just like add something. I believe was it you, Phil? Was it Rohan that had the dishwasher taps automation?
0: Yeah, I, I block, did that through, time yeah gross, through grocery. Every time like Home Assistant <laughs> detects that the dishwasher is being used, it goes in and detects a dishwasher tablet being used. Yeah, um, that's so the level of using want to get a to, service right? like.
1: Right, but using a service as this, yeah. Like you could just say, uh, "Well, you use X, X taps at so many times, right?" So we, I have to like place dishwasher taps into your basket mm-hmm. for the next delivery, which is kind of cool. Yeah,
0: so that's yeah, that's hopefully my future. Like, <laughs> yeah. scan a barcode on grocery, and another one just arrives, right? Like, yeah, that, that's things like that. The dream would be cool. All right, the scrape sensor can now be configured via the UI. So previously, oh so what well, so the scrape sensor uh a very powerful sensor if you know how <laughs> to use it. Um <laughs> I and I say that just because I was I was actually and this is a good timing for me. I was about to set up a scrape sensor. Um so we have water quality levels for local beaches um reported on the website. So I thought great. We just had some rain, the beach quality, uh, the water at the beach wasn't that great, so I thought great. I'll add that to Home Assistant so we can get a warning saying, before we go down to the beach, the water's not that great. You know, don't go swimming today. Um, so, and then I saw this was in the UI, so fantastic. I am allegedly a web developer by trade. Um, I've done my inspect element, done the, uh, the whole CSS selectors, still unsure how the scrape sensor works, how it, it's still an unknown value. But there are, I've seen people out there using the scrape sensor. I think, frankly, we were talking about this. It's, it is... Uh, Just because it's in the UI doesn't necessarily mean it's more user-friendly or easy for anyone to just pick up. Um, I think it's great it it got to the UI.
1: Like instead of YAML, you could just go Mm. into the UI and add a scrape sensor. But still, you have to scrape a website. So you still have to know how CSS selectors work and um, things like that. So it will ask you a lot of questions. So... Does it make scraping itself easier? N- n- no. no, but you can do it in the UI. You can tweak it easily, right? So if once you have like it done and working, like little making little tweaks can be done through the UI as well. But the basic concept of scraping is still
0: um, difficult. One question, and a, maybe a controversial question, but there's something that I was thinking of. So a lot of we've seen a lot of. Integrations removed from home assistant because of web scraping you know it 's no yeah. permitted is yes. scrape the only exception to that rule yes. isn 't technically scraping yes it 's yeah.
1: scraping and
0: yes it 's the exception of the rule it 's
1: uh, even documented in that rule uh, as we designed it at the time. Uh, ADR4, it's actually, I know it by heart because like, it's <laughs> so happened many. to so many times, <laughs> right? Um, but uh, yeah, ADR4 is, uh, is, is the architectural decision record uh, that we have on it. It's one of the older ones uh, to get, get those out. Because in general, they just break easy. Like an interface changes, a layout changes, and they fall over again. So it's just not reliable in many cases. Uh, so we just ban them in general. But if you want to define your own, that's up to you. We we don't want to block that. And you can still get a lot of custom integration as well that you're scraping. That's fine too. Like, yeah. Yes, we don't forbid it, but we're not maintaining those in core. That's the difference.
0: Yep. Yeah, 100%. Um, so there's a, a massive new integration in this release, um, and that is local calendar support. Ah, um, yes. Like, yes, I, I mean, this is the, the evolution to the scheduler that we had uh, a couple of releases ago now. Um, amazing. Oh, this, is, this
1: has been like a request, like scheduling, calendaring, all these things. Like they are generally called in one breath, right? But it's not, in my opinion, it's not the same things. Calendars are hard they are really, really hard to build. Uh, especially Paul has, has a lot of experience with working with uh, with the specifications on that uh, from history, but it's it's hard. There's so many permutation, like repeating events, and when they end, and when they start, and how often they repeat. And then there's these little bits and pieces that are different in different providers. Yeah, that's before
0: you Can get to all like, the nice Google Calendar acceptance, yeah. reply messages. and
1: Yes, we're not talking about UI. This is just yeah.
0: like... And then you have to build a UI around it. So that's hard.
1: So a couple of releases back, we tried to solve that partially by adding the scheduler. And we still think the schedule helper has, it's nice to create a quick like repeating schedule for a week and you want to automate on it. That's still a great thing. It's a little helper that can be used for anything. But if you're talking about like real calendar, a calendar, like a real big schedule with really advanced stuff, well, that's now available local, and that's just amazing. And a big shout out to Alan for just building out the whole RFC specification around it, and just like he just went all in. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Oh, I love it. Like it's
0: just need a calendar? Here you go. Here's a calendar. Like here's a calendar. Oh, might be yeah. it, right. Like... Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.
1: Wow. Yes, and it's, it's not like just like a, a date with the time and done. It's like full blown with like recurring events. and all-day events and repeating weekly, <laughs> bi-weekly, uh, how many repeats and repeat in the fall, and when it ends after 13 repeats or a certain date. Or It is amazing what he did there. The cool thing, though, it's all built on top of the already existing calendar entity we had, so nice. that has been extended.
0: I was going to say, because most of this stuff that I would need, you know, like bi-weekly, weekly events, are done via Google Calendar that comes in from the web, yeah, But if it's then not having to need another like calendar integration, like that makes automations easy to do because it's all the same logic behind it. Yeah. Right.
1: Exactly. So all the uh, existing um, calendar triggers and such that have been introduced lately all work with this. Amazing. Which is just cool. They're, they're one of the first things I'm, I'm going to do, I think, I think I'm going to add like a, a birthday calendar and then just add birthdays in it for everybody I know, like, and make Home Assistant aware and notify on it.
0: That's actually a really, yeah, so I have uh, birthday automation set up for my wife and daughter, but it is all <laughs> template-driven, right? Every day at 3 a.m., the home assistant has check. Is today a birthday? No. Yeah, it no. is.
1: Yeah. I, no, I'm no. going to do it like this. I think it, that would be great. Just a re- yearly repeating event for, Easy, um, yeah. and just a dedicated calendar entity for birthday. So I will get calendar.birthday and automate with that. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. would probably be the first thing I'm going to create when I start playing with this. Yeah, I think that's going to be my next protocol. Just bam, birthday's done. Yeah. There's no import-export yet, by the way. I hope that will land. Like I would be able, to, I I would love to get that birthday calendar then back into my Google one. Or vice versa. Good luck trying to import, though. Oh, yeah. that's That sounds like a pain in the ass to have to build. Oh, you never know what Alan comes up with.
0: <laughs> He's already <laughs> this load. Too. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, Oh, you want to import too? Oh, here you go. I'll just
1: throw it Oh, you here go. you go. Yeah. yeah. I I did see, um, and it didn't land this release, Um, I'm not sure if it will be sneaked in, but I don't think so because it's a new feature. I did already see a PR from him, which was merged today, so that's too late for a beta cut, that um, adds these same features to the Google Calendar integration. So that means if you have the Google Calendar in Home Assistant, you can go in Home Assistant to Change or add events to your Google Calendar, if I understood
0: it right. If that is what if, if you're speaking is true, that is a game changer. Uh, this
1: major spoiler, by the way, for next
0: week, probably. Alan's <laughs> like, oh, I'll just put this idea out there and it doesn't, doesn't go
1: through. Uh, it's just great. This is great. Having a local calendar has been requested for a long time. And this gives you advanced scheduling capabilities as well. I think it's just, this is cool. I think this is one of the bigger things this release. Uh, this is actually one of the Christmas gifts that this release, too, because, well, like matter is big <laughs> and a matter topic is huge, but you cannot buy matter devices. So mm. that's kind of disappointing, right? But this. You can use the calendar case, today. You can use the calendar today and do a lot of um, having a lot of fun with
0: automation this Christmas. Yeah. Um, actually, another Christmas themed. Integration. i put in oh. the new integrations, but I don't know if it's a it new integration or if it's just an upgrade.
1: No, it's existing, but it's upgraded.
0: Oh, no, you've got them. Oh. Today, actually. It was a oh. little disappointing. I've actually just come out from tonight. We just set up our Christmas tree, and I actually put a Zigbee smart switch on my old Christmas tree lights, and my wife goes, oh, maybe next year we can buy some new Christmas lights. And I was like, I know exactly what I'm buying then. Um, and it is a twinkly um so yeah. Yeah uh, upgrade. I actually didn't know these existed um until I saw this in the, the show notes because home assistant is my I cannot tell list. you
1: how good they are or not, by the way. I've never used them. Like it's still in the, you I mean, the see box, I should the box looks do it. Yeah. The box looks fantastic.
0: Yes. Yeah, the box <laughs> nice looks fantastic. Box. Um I hope yeah. it's as good as the pack
1: shop. Um Right. So. No, but it's quickly integration now can have like um uh, you cannot control the effects of your Christmas tree if you have twinkly lights in them, which is right in time for Christmas. So, yeah. So I was writing those release notes, and I was like, "I'm going to order a pair." So
0: <laughs> there they are. they the, actually writing the release notes. Like you must have a, a <laughs> similar problem to me. Like you would see something in the release notes and go, "That's really cool," and then you go down the rabbit hole of "Okay, it's on AliExpress. Yeah. It's on Amazon. oh it's yes, that price. Do I just buy it? Like and test it out, or what? Like."
1: It's kind of fun, too. Like, it's part of the hobby to be yeah. exploring it, right? And to test it out and to get an opinion on it. Like, I don't know. just feels yeah. good. It's it does. Fun. It does.
0: Um, there are a few breaking changes, of course. Um, MQTT YAML, uh, the older main configuration is now managed in the user interface. Um, yes. So the things like server settings. A lot of stuff always moving over um, from the from YAML into the UI. And the platform configuration of entities in YAML, so an MQTT entry under the sensor domain, has now been removed. And uh, I think there's been about six months of warnings. Uh, yes. And repairs. If <laughs> you haven't got them been now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well,
1: that's it, right? This one has been deprecated for six months. This is longer than usual. Usually um, it's
0: only two months, right? Um, yes. To it's two
1: release Two Yeah, mm. two recycles is the normal deprecation period. But MQTT is just... The usage is huge, and it's not. Like, but in the end, six months is generous, and we have won a lot, including repairs. It's time to
0: go. Uh, yeah. Um, and one that we were both discussing, and you were actually considering removing from the release notes, was the media player yeah. groups. There is, I'm sure there's one person out there that is going <laughs> to run into this issue. Um, Mention it. So, go on. Media player groups containing players that provide an invalid media player entity state will now report an unknown group state. So if you're, you have a one media player that decides to go, I'm guessing fishing, like yeah, <laughs> fishing. Great. <laughs> For whatever reason, it just reports an unknown state. Maybe you've got a custom hacks integration that's playing a bit of yeah, uh, yeah, Russian roulette with us today. The media player group will now go into an unknown state instead of you know playing paused idle. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's got to be some like what. It, obviously it was about how did this bug get discovered or had this issue get raised
1: now this this has to do with uh, besides all new features and everything you read every time in the release notes there's a lot of work being done at standardizing everything we have and making code quality insurances in place and like making sure home system gets more stable and and mm. and well predictable and everything all all those kind of things there there's tons of work going into that so one of the things that has been done this release by epnet is he has been standardizing the uh, states a media player can have this was already always documented but not enforced so now code wise we started enforcing the states a media player could have um, so just for quality insurance and as it turned out there was some integration violating that and causing problems, but also had effects on groups. So just part of all these standardizations, then these are things that you run into. Like, hey, it is possible for a media player to have a different state. Like, does a media player do that? And so what does it do? And what does it mean? Because for, if you automate on a media player and there's some state you've never heard of, that's just hard to automate on, right? It's
0: just surprisingly. I think it's good. It also prevents, like, down the road, a developer, you know, committing something, putting pushing code up, and then home like it introduces a bug in the future, right? Like just enforcing all these standards, even though it might not be a problem today, it may fix solve a problem tomorrow that may occur. Um, so no, I definitely agree. Um, like there is a whole bunch of stabilization work that is needed and is appreciated. I think yes, definitely. Um, high vision cameras. Um, the video loss event has been removed. What is the popularity of the high vision integration? I assume it. <laughs> It Would be pretty hard, oh. like I think everyone is on a high vision camera that I, I speak to, like whether Real Link or High Vision. Um, anyway, the video loss event has been removed from the supported list. Um, it's always been used as a keep alive for most devices. Um, and the library did use it internally. If you leave it enabled, it actually uh, causes everything to break if the event is actually processed, so kind of not what you want to happen. Um, so yeah, it's been removed from the integration just to avoid confusion. Yeah,
1: It's used by 0.7%
0: of our community, by the way. 07 That's okay. not that extremely high, but no. still. I thought it would have been higher. I'm surprised it's, I guess, not every, like, it's do you have in Nabucasa a breakdown of, of people that have, like, a camera integration or a, this type of integration would have, no. like, do you go to that level? Is it something that you can, like, think should be considered Every,
1: all, all data that we have on home assistant is just available on analytics at home you can go there and view it yourself so we don't have that breakdown uh, we do have a list of integrations there and how much the usage is it's also shown in the documentation but there's no extra uh, available data or something it's all public and open and uh, i guess somebody could go
0: there and just like if they wanted to pick make out it. all yeah, and then sum them all up. Um, yeah. Just imagine like one day I'm reading a Verge article or something that can be referencing misses and stats, analytics. or something. Right? <laughs> well, I do find them really helpful in general, by the way, to
1: make decisions as well, right, or to define focus. Like mm. if I do this, which integration should I pick first? Like if I'm going to fix this or change this. So, yeah. If there's a, a improvement we could make on a camera, then obviously uh, looking at camera integrations is a thing to do, like pick up the most popular one first. Like That's
0: affecting the most people. Uh, the Logitech Harmony Hub, the power-off state of the select entity will be changed <laughs> to power underscore off instead of power off. Yeah. Yes. I'm guessing this is this the same the... vein, right? Like consistency? No.
1: No, nah, this is not, yes, yes and no. This is one of the changes that that if somebody will automate on this,
0: they will not like this change. Like, why do you change this? Oh, yeah, I can see someone like having an automation, like when my TV turns yeah. off, goes into the power off state, yeah. then shut off the lights yeah. or something. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, the reason we do this is because this is for the translation, because now it became a translation key. So now the state in the UI can be translated, and this DAO will then also work with the, automation ui changes we made a couple of releases back where you can just select a state and such and they are translated into your language as well and such so there's like a bigger thing going on like these are just like we're out of place to begin with so these are one this is one of those fixes it is breaking but it's breaking because we want to straighten it out
0: yeah there's always method to the madness right like yes. it seems like an inconvenience <laughs> and oh they're just adding an underscore but no, yeah, yeah, it's like the translation is a great example. For forever, we hit
1: like if you're hit, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> yes, but yes, but sure. We try to avoid it, but this is not affordable. Like you want to fix it?
0: Uh, mobile apps. So if you are using a mobile app to scan a tag, like an NFC tag. The events fired when the mobile app scanned the tag had an incorrect device ID, and it's now being corrected. As a result, the events uh, now contain a different but correct device ID. So if you're relying on the device ID in your automations, you might need to adjust those with the new device ID. This is also a bug that has been fixed, has been under the radar for a time. I'm surprised it's taken this long to discover. Me too. I'm glad it's fixed, though. And if you're still hanging on to Google Hangouts or Google Chat, um, it's <laughs> now been removed. <laughs> uh, uh, so it relied on the Google Hangouts APIs, which have been shut down. Um, yes. So yeah, integration unusable. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. We this removed it so. uh, because we think there's there, Google Chat's obviously still exists, right? But the Hangouts API used it was the integration was called Google Hangouts before, and it changed the name because well. Google changed name, but the Hangouts API that it used still existed and it just was shut down. And we think still, we're open to a Google chat integration, by the way. If somebody wants to build it, you're listening and you're like, I'm going to build a Google chat integration, please do. Um, it's not like Google chat is going away. Yeah. <laughs> the integration um, is, however. Yeah,
0: bye-bye. Other <laughs> uh, So I guess that's 2022.12. Um, so I have a couple of things for you. First of all, um, oh. Gate, Can we call it Eufygate? Have you oh. seen what's going on with Eufy? Can we talk about that? Like, yuffie has <sighs> been one of those brands I've seen recommended all the time, and I think there's, I haven't read too much, I've just seen everyone talking about it in the last 24 hours. What are they doing, like uploading people's images to their cloud without permission? Or? I've been considering Ufi for a long time. I'm
1: not going to lie. I still have my homemade doorbell with the ESP Home the article I wrote like a long time ago, and I really want like a camera doorbell. So my search has been going on for a long time, and yeah. my eyes have been on UV for a long time because it's like they advertise it as local, right? And military-grade encryption, local, <laughs> and uh, all kinds of other—all um, the buzzwords, things. right? Everything. All the buzzwords are there, yeah. right? Everything okay. we as home assistant users like. But as it turns out, it might not be true. I guess.
0: Yeah, I don't like. Yes, yeah, I think someone posted on Twitter that they've seen uh, data being uploaded from their camera to Giphy servers. Um, yeah, it's a security researcher, Paul
1: yeah. Moore, I believe its name suppose, is yeah. something. Paul something. It's not and a he good look. got picked. Oh well, he posted quite a bit of like claims there. And mm-hmm. it got picked up by the LTTT community, the Linus Tech Tips community. Yes, and yes. It was in one of their shows and they dropped uh, Anchor, um, which is the main company behind UV, as their sponsor because of it. And some other people confirmed it. So this exploded really quick about they uploading events, images of events to their servers, including facial recognition. Um, and those images were available even if you're, you've deleted it or did not enable the cloud stuff. But UV claims it's for notification purposes, which kind of makes sense. But then some other things started to happen, like you could open streams directly in VLC, which are RTMP streams, which yeah. are then unencrypted with guessable URLs or something. Um, then rob from the hookup did a video this yesterday i believe on that's not fully true then the first did an article on well we got proof and we saw it and we've confirmed it and more technical details so i'm not sure what's going on actually at this point um, <laughs> that i think we're smoke no well i think we're smoke is, is
0: fire right so Absolutely. something is wrong yeah no i think um it's It's really like, I just erodes trust, especially in the space of like IoT, right? Um, Where people are putting devices in the security of their own home, where it's supposed to be a safe place, and then you see a company doing something like this, it doesn't, it sort of tarnishes everyone else's reputation as well.
1: Yeah, Um, I don't know, I'm not sure what, I I would not buy it at this point myself, mainly because like, this, this has been, I don't know, maybe... Is it my trust? I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure. I don't think Yuffie actually did any like press releases on it or official statements at this point. So to me, all of them are speculations, but something must be going on. I don't know. I it's, think you're right. Like, with a smoke, there's got to be some form of fire. There must be something wrong. If I, I think it's weird. from If you do not enable cloud, it still gets uploaded to the cloud. Make that clear. I think we all can agree on the fact that their big statements on their website, their marketing claims, turned out to be not true. Like, that's a different thing to, like, is there a security issue? I don't know. Is this, like, violating GDPR? I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. But are their marketing claims misleading? That I think they are.
0: For me, they are. And that yeah. then has, you know, puts a little of a red mark against them for their trust, right? If they're going to tell you one thing yes. in marketing and then that's actually not true, why why should I trust you on all the other claims as well?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Yes. I think watch this space, developing story. Um, (laughs) Probably the time this gets out, there'll be more information. But, yeah, very disappointing. But, uh, okay, so, Frank, as I said before, 2019 was the last time we spoke. You've since then joined Nabucasa. Um, Yeah, I did. So that's been obviously great for you, great for Nabucasa. Like. We've been talking about release notes back and forth for years now. Um, yeah. I do want to ask you, though, for this year, 2022 specifically, what would be your favorite integration? Oh, boy. You can give me maybe a couple if you've got a couple, but what, you know, if you just think, what's the new integration that has come out this year that you've just been like, yeah, I'm really impressed that we have that now?
1: I'm the most happy with the repairs feature, which is an integration. Mm-hmm. That's on my list, yeah. Yes, mainly because well, we got we we are now able to inform something is going on and how you need to change it and if you need to change it. We can target like the home assistant system can tell you something about your system and only when it detects something is wrong, right? So it's not like if, you might have noticed the breaking changes in the release now has got like way smaller nowadays, and that's not just because we got better at breaking changes; it's just because we're communicating. Things different now. We're using repairs a lot for deprecation notices, which were previously in deprecate in the breaking changes, while they were not breaking changes at that point.
0: Well, you'd have to look in log files to see. Okay, in two places, I can update this YAML line and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: So, home Assisting now being able to detect things and just. Alert you like for it, and every time something is in the repair center, it's something you can like fix. You can do something about it. It's actionable and it's like relevant for your system as well, right? I think that's one of the most powerful features we added um, in terms of like keeping everything less, everybody less frustrated, including myself. Um, yeah. which, which I think is one of the best additions of this year.
0: Yeah. I think that and the media player. I'm pretty the, sure the media player was this year.
1: I'm now opening my notes because I I like made a huge collection of everything we did this year for the state of the open home, of course. Mm. Um, I,
0: yeah, or maybe we talked about it in January or something. But I'm pretty like other than, there's been some massive yes. work on the media player. Um, yes, in March we did the um, select and play media that's action. It. Yeah, um, like just being like I remember like when I first started doing like media on my Sonos. And you'd have to um, favorite the item in your Sonos um, app, and then you could, you know, select it as a source. Now it's all a UI, nice UI. There's services that you can target. Like the Sonos favorites has now been revamped as well. There's been just so much love yeah. to media ever since, like the Let's Get Loud event as well. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think for me, it's the media player. Just yeah,
1: yeah. We also got the media player bar. I believe was it this year? I'm not sure in the media. Player browser got renamed to just Media. Yep. At the time, that was cool too, and a lot of integrations got support for that as well. Like um, even like cameras, right? And and, mm. and your dashboards, you can now just like cast like directly from the Media part or in an automation, which got really easy. I think yeah, Media
0: is great. Other little thing I, I really liked from this year is auto completing entity IDs in YAML. Yes, in the uh, automation, uh, like in, uh, in the the templates, in the like whenever, like even if you're doing like editing your um, dashboard, right, and you need to put in an entity ID somewhere, having autocomplete is just amazing. Um, saves so much time. Yes, definitely. That's a great right. one too. And groups, uh, by the way, oh, I yeah. found groups one of the biggest thing. That
1: was almost a complete release. Uh, groups. The release was even called groups, 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 groups. Uh, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, groups still confuses me a little bit. I, I am, I, I do appreciate the old style groups where I can put things in. Then I can you know loop over the items in there and do a count on things. Um, oh, the so, loop
1: yeah. has been fixed by the way. That's also for new style groups now.
0: Oh, is it there? Fantastic.
1: Yeah. That was one of the feedback things, so I added that later.
0: Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, I believe group. I did. Because yeah, oh, groups is a whole thing maybe. now, right? It used to be just yeah. Here's a light group. Here's a cover group. But now I think it's all yes a you know a proper parent integration that you can then go out and define your entities with um what are you most excited for to see for home assistant oh. or Nabucasa in 23 well it's a year's voice so that's exciting that's
1: for sure but personally I'm I'm still excited for the little things I'm I'm always I, I love the little usability things like that just makes your life better every day like the big things and big what are the big things coming? we often don't know as well, right like yeah. it is still an open source project sometimes something somebody jumps up and creates something this release local calendar is a great example, like hey, look at that somebody like somebody did the effort to like wow, right but I don't. Know. I, I, I'm the little. I'm, I like the little things. For example, like if you look back at last year, we if you now make an automation and you select, a, uh, want to make a trigger on a state of an entity, then it will try to give you like the possible state options. Now there's now a dropdown instead of mm-hmm. having to enter a piece of text, you can now select from it. I think that was a, a little improvement that is like insanely big actually. And right now, I know that I'm working on a little bit for next release for for January which we allow sensors to provide uh, for textual sensors to provide like a list of possible states they can mm-hmm. have so that part of the eye will work better so if you select moon for example if you have the moon integration uh, as of the january release it will give you a list of different moon states That's translated cool. and then yeah. all and these are the little things that i like to see and do uh, so I'm looking forward to a lot of those, like, little UX improvements. Uh, well, there's obviously a lot coming from the new UI stuff, which I'm excited for, too, by the way. That's big, too, for the coming year. If you haven't seen it, uh, the, um, go back and watch the State of the Open Home. Um, there's, like, a big presentation in there from T.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul Bottenheim, who is the creator of Mushroom Cards, and Bram, Atrat, uh, also, or, um uh, Bram Krachter, he's our front-end developer as well, who discussed the new UI that's coming, how it's going to look, like a conceptual uh, thing. The Figma. I think there
0: is a fig- like the Figma. Figma demo that you can access, yes. and it does look pretty sexy, I must say. Like, yes. To have something out of the box that looking that good, um, yes. it, it does run the risk of people not having to upload so many screenshots of their dashboards to Reddit. I think <laughs> that, that could be a problem.
1: Yeah, to shared the laugh. Right? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Like, in the end, like, it's not. The old stuff is still there, right? Like, the old stuff. You hear me talking. <laughs> like, it's still recent. But the existing um, UI is still there. will stay there. Maybe improve. But, yeah, I, I I do think it's an improvement. But it is a concept UI. The thing that is shown there, it's a concept. And it helps, like, setting a feature. Like, like where are we going? How are we getting there? We don't know. But the tile card is a great example of it. It's part of that, and uh, I've seen a couple of things there, maybe landing in January or February, uh, that's been being worked on right now. It just it it's it takes out the whole um, I don't know, like the technical bit a bit more, and makes it more sexy, say,
0: friendly, yeah. elegant, um, things more, like that. I think it's more refined. If that makes sense, oh, like it that's, doesn't seem that's, like it's developer focused anymore as as it used to be. Yes, it's still exactly, but now I, like I feel more conf- I have more confidence in it because I know it's not just spitting back jargon to me. It actually knows you know, what it's doing, and it's these doing are it,
1: it, things intent. that are happening all around the UI all day. Like this has been, we did like icons everywhere. Like, all submenus yep. and little menus now have little icons and coloring that, have, that are, like, a little bit standardized across Home Assistant. And so these are just so many little things you don't see and realize that are just, like, changing the way you, like, consume mm-hmm. subconsciously the interface. I, that, that's the stuff I'm looking forward to Um and otherwise, I'm just looking forward to see whatever else anyone brings into the project because that's exciting, as always. Like, I'm wondering, like, this release really has the path feeder.
0: I'm wondering what's next. I always love the, the random integrations. Yeah, right. I think one of my favorite ones has been the the smelly incense burners that you can automate. Um, the Genies, right? Yeah, no, the Genies. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a, called the Yeah, I think one of them is a Genie. I think there's another one in there. Um. Just yeah, random stuff like that. Also, yes, that's, that's great, list, right? Because I need
1: to. I I looked at it. Yeah, I I can just buy it here in the store. They are sold here. Oh, um, nice. but I've I've I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, no, especially with a uh, rituals genie. Um, like I can just pick it up. We have a ritual store here. Mm-hmm. Um, they have. A sentence cartridges so you can you have to buy those and they're pretty expensive so it's yeah. like i don't know like some kind of fender lock in
0: absolutely and they're
1: cloud cloud as well so it's 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 a nice little gimmick but i'm glad what threw me off i'm like ah oh,
0: cloud yeah yeah nah. yeah nah.
1: but still it's cool right i don't mm. mind cloud in general if it works well um but i try to avoid it if i can um so i'm not sure if it works well or not in this case uh but it's
0: mostly the cartridges for me that, that like, threw me off. Yeah. All right. Um, now, for those that don't follow you on Twitter, I follow you on Twitter. I've seen, I think you've been, you're still streaming um, here and there, I'm guessing. Nah, just the,
1: the, we do the release parties now, right? Yeah,
0: of course. How is your war on energy going? Like, I've seen that you got your, you've been, <sighs> I saw one tweet where you were measuring your base house energy consumption and you've got it under a certain amount of watts yes how's it going and what are you like what's your method for for fighting this war oh well
1: it's going well actually today is december we're recording december the second is the second today
0: it is the third now for me but it'll be the second for you
1: yes it's the second for me indeed um so yesterday was the first. So I got a report from my energy supplier about last month, and I'm actually pretty happy with what I achieved at this point. Um, so last year, November month, I've used 609 kilowatt hours of electricity. This does not include heating, by the way. So this is purely uh, electricity usage. So 609 kilowatt hours. And uh, last month, I've used 289. Wow. That's more than half it. Yeah, Um, easily. Yes. Which, uh, that's cool. That's just cool. And my gas usage dropped way too, but it's a warm uh, Mm. start of the winter here. So that's not fair to compare. But for electricity, I can. Um, And the solar has been usage. uh, Solar providing energy has been almost the same this month. So, yeah, it's going well. It's mainly my base energy that I've been working on. So, my base energy is basically what if I go to bed and go to sleep and everything is off for my feeling, what am I still using at that point? That's what I consider my base energy level. Like that's energy you're using that you just like always use, right?
0: Yeah, like your refrigerator on, um, servers on, running home systems. Yeah, access
1: points, whatever, right? your Alarm system, uh, things like that. So I'm currently at 120 watts for the whole house during the night. Um, which was over 400 watts so wow but getting that down that in long term that's just a lot and like the fact that i'm just using 300 like kilowatt hours less like on a year basis that's three and a half thousand kilowatt hours yep if this continues like this that's just a lot like not just for like the money, sure, it it will save me a lot of money. And energy is expensive right now here in the Netherlands. Like I have paid yeah. 95 cents, euro cents per kilowatt hour at this point. So that's like over 3,000 euro at this point, right? Um, but even somebody said, yeah, but energy is so cheap here where I am. Like we pay 10 cents. Well, that's cool, but it's still 350 euros you could have like saved yeah, yourself, right? Absolutely. So, but also
0: for the environment, it's just less.
1: And Which that, I think is
0: a good end goal, right? Like, we always talk about like smart home and reducing energy costs. But then I think that is the side effect of, you know, being able to reduce our energy so much is that it also helps the environment. Yeah. And we have a direct just control over that.
1: Reduce your footprint. That's,
0: yeah.
1: I think uh, the addition of water is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. While water, like, especially here in the Netherlands, in many countries, actually, it's free, in the Netherlands, is just super cheap. It's like almost not relevant. But still, being able to look at your water usage and do something about it, it's just better for the environment.
0: Yep. But yes. So what was your method for going around and reducing that? Like, was it just finding things and flicking them off at the PowerPoint? Did you have like a, uh, maybe I should try one night with this turned off and you're going around putting smart monitors on everything, trying to get a a reading of what's actually high?
1: Yes, a lot. I do have one of those... um, energy meters you can just get for a couple of bucks that just have a display and show how many watts something uses and this one is calibrated and well it it it's just a simple thing it's not smart you can it has no zigbee or matter or whatever what's the point it, throw you, away. Throw, yeah it's just a dumb device nobody in our community generally would use but the nice thing about it is you can just plug something in and read exactly how much it's using. and just going around the house and just find everything that has a plug and plug it in and check what it does makes you like very aware of what something uses
0: was there something that you were surprised at how much energy was actually costing you like you thought oh this might be much but i'll plug it in and then you actually seen oh it's actually that much
1: uh sonos specifically really interesting yes sonos actually use a lot of energy in general like they're pretty low but they're still like using like between five and ten watts in standby which is quite a lot yeah Um, if you have quite a some of them like if you have like five of them that adds up really quick i do Um,
0: wow okay that's good to know
1: and so for example our our multimedia in their living room like where the TV and Mm. the sonos play bar is and things like that i've now put in like a, a little Wall plug.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Just Just
1: like that. It monitors my power, but it also like can turn it off. Kill the power to Um, the clay
0: bar when the tv is not on, right? Like well,
1: kill the TV itself too. Mm. Like it has standby power. And then you have like a receiver which also draws a little bit. And they all like pretty efficient. Um but still like the total adds up. Yeah. Um there's also a lot of places where I put in like um, power measuring where the measuring itself is interesting but also cost power. Like, Don't forget, every time you plug in one of those things, they will consume power too. And it's just one watt, but it's still, again, one watt. Uh, Well, it's 1.3 watts for the one I got. And the interesting thing about those were, if I actually turned them off, they consumed a watt less. And it's simply because it turns off the relay. So as long as it's powered on, it uses power to power the relay to keep open. And it's measuring the power itself like the energy usage. Mm. And as soon as you turn it off, it will stop doing that. So one of the automations I have is like, if the alarm tr- gets armed, uh, like all that stuff is not used. Like, I don't know, just, just kill can. them all. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Like, just like, don't monitor the power, then. whatever. Like, yep. it's not being used anyway. Kill the power. Um, so these are little things. Like every time I try, at, at this point, I'm just in like, I want to get off another watt, just one watt. And it's just crazy actually. But, yeah, that's where I am am right now. 121 watts for uh, 28, sorry, 128 watts for the whole house. Including my Wi-Fi network still up, my switch is still up, my home assistant still running, my alarm system is a go. There's a little server running as well. Um, and all refrigerators and stuff. Everything is just like normal and being able to reach that low base level that helped me a lot reducing energy besides like turning off a light when you're not yep. in a room but getting yeah, the base and, level down
0: and you can like measure that. it right like you've seen it on the electricity bill and that's now yes. turning into dollars in your pocket thanks to yes like the energy
1: yeah,
0: yeah definitely
1: amazing cool. yeah i'm still continuing i'm not done yet i've i still i feel like i need to get below the 100 i was gonna say do you have a
0: goal in mind like
1: nah, yeah i don't want you like go crazy as well right mm. like but I feel like I already passed that point maybe a yeah. bit, <laughs> but, but still. Nah, but it's nice to see it becomes a challenge, and uh, that's cool. It's and that becomes cool fun, cool for right? When you make it a
0: challenge and yes. you can make it fun, then, yeah, it's a win-win for everything.
1: Yeah, but now I got these little twinkly things, so I probably will like lose a little bit more this Christmas, but that's okay.
0: That's okay. They'll go in a cupboard on January 1, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah, no, it's definitely been an inspiration for me. I've started looking uh, around at all my things that are plugged in and gone, oh, okay, it's probably got some phantom power there. Even Do- like Philips Hue bulbs that are turned off, right? They've got the ZB radio yes. powered on. Yeah. Right. Um, so
1: definitely. It, it makes well, you think. I, I have like, a, I, I'm a camera, it's not much for a podcast to see, but if you look at, like, um, I got like a whole bunch of Philips Hue here yep. in my ceiling, uh, but in the wall switches right there, And I put, like, a there's a little Shelly behind it. Nice. And I use that Shelly for two reasons. One, if Home Assistant is not working and responding, the switch will not work because Mm. of the lights, and you don't want to make it an old-fashioned switch because it will then kill the power from my Philips Hue, right? Yeah, gotcha. That that doesn't work with Zigbee. So what it does now is, as long as Home Assistant is connected, it will forward the switch to Home Assistant and automate on it and toggle the lights. Nice. But... If it loses the connection with home assistant and it detects that in the ESP home, it will actually toggle the relay. And the lights are configured to turn on when power on. Yes.
0: I think that's the standard Philips Hue. Yes, Mm.
1: exactly. So how this now works is that as soon as I um, have an issue or my home assistant is down, the light switch will work as normal. Nice. But if home assistant is running, the light switch will be controlled and the lights will be controlled by home assistant. But it also allows me to kill the power to all the Philips fuel bulbs in the night. When you
0: leave. Yes. And then I'm guessing when you return, you can have an automation, turn the relay back on, and turn those lights back off.
1: Yes. Nice. Yeah, that's how I, exactly how I do it. And I have a, a, a home alarm system, so that, that that's the state I'm using to determine if somebody's home or asleep or
0: awake. Or, yeah, you know. alarm control panel, even if you don't have an alarm. I don't have an alarm. But I use the alarm control panel just for that very reason. Yeah. Right? It's so easy. Yep. Someone I guess, yep. comes over, it's... you disarm that alarm panel and automations kick in. Yeah. Definitely the oh, alarm get a get a panel. Like there are Zigbee panels too, right? I think so, yeah. The, the, I don't know. I don't wanna I have a smart door lock, so I can actually automate when oh, someone puts cool. in a pin code. I'm gonna know who entered the pin code, so yeah, I automate on that. I still don't dare. Smart locks. Mm, you any, know, I find f- them scary. Scary? For for what reason? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's
1: smart on oh, my lock, and I know somebody can just pick up a brick and throw it through a window. That's probably yeah. easier, right? Yeah. So like, it doesn't matter that much, but
0: still. Nah. Well, this uh, one uh, just a Yale. It's z Wave local, no internet. Um, only home assistant has good. control of it. So that's good. Yeah. All right. um, so confirming, there is going to be an episode uh, for 2022.1. There is going to be a release for yes. 2022.1. I know uh, we commented last time, Frank. I think uh, there was no release last year, and uh, February no. and January was not a pleasant release for you. So there is going to be a release? Yes,
1: it's going to be a January release. We skipped it last year indeed, and that caused the February release last year to be two-month cycle, right? And with the speed the Home system projects is going at, at this point, <laughs> That became almost impossible to release. As a matter of fact, the scripts we used to release at GitHub, and GitHub itself actually didn't allow us to release it because, well, it was just too much. The UI (laughs) would just like give us a unicorn, like, you cannot do this. So that became problematic. Um, So this year we're doing a January release. No idea what's going to be in it. Like It's probably mainly small things and, of course, everybody's going to enjoy the, uh, the holidays too. But we're going to do and keep uh, keeping the the cycle at the month this time. Yeah.
0: Rohan and I will be back. We'll uh, plan to have it as soon as possible. Um, obviously, busy period for everyone. And I'm sure, you know, Nabakasa guys will be having some time off over break as well, now that you're in so many countries as well, coordinating a little Christmas party. I'm sure it's going to be virtual Christmas party for you all. A bit Probably, yes. Yeah. Although
1: the state of the open home was actually in real life, right? Mm. So we went to Utrecht and actually um, met a lot of uh, people in Abu which was really cool. Like, for example, I, I've met uh, Joachim for the first time, um, better known as Ludius from yeah. Hacks, which is just weird. And I've been talking to the guy for <laughs> over
0: five years now. Like, that's just cool. Yeah. It's amazing how home business brings everyone together, right? Like, yeah. What do you want to have for
1: Christmas, by the way? What's your home automation wish for Christmas? Know, home automation wish for Christmas. Because we're getting close to that
0: as well, right? I know. Like, um, it's not a Christmas spirit in the Netherlands yet, but. I don't know. Like, I'm just at the point now where I don't know what I want next. Uh, if I, if okay, if I had if Santa was coming <laughs> to give me something, I'd have something. My wife would not approve. Not the, oh, right. I've, I've tried to talk about it, but it's a robot lawnmower. Um, a robot land mower. Yeah. Cool. Like our grass in our backyard just grows so fast. Um, and it's, yeah, I need to get power out in the backyard. I just don't want to cut the grass anymore. Right. Like just, but the, the technology exists. I think that, I believe there is something that integrates with Home Assistant. Let's get it. Yes, there are. Right. Um, I, I just don't, I, the thing that's holding me back is I had a vacuum cleaner um, and it just pushed you me You you don't I, have anymore. No, what? I don't have anymore because it oh. just, it just didn't cut the mustard, right? Like my wife would always say, like, what's the point? It gets stuck under the couch, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's just pushing the dirt around. I have a two-year-old daughter that's constantly leaving cheese on the ground now. Um, no robot vacuum cleaner is going to survive that. Maybe they've come along now. Um, I, My fear is that a robot lawnmower would be similar um, yeah, that is my goal, just automate the,
1: the grass cutting. The robot lawn robot landmowers are great as soon as a dog has like leaves his left his, <laughs> left his uh, little turd on the grass and it goes yeah. over it it's by the way hilarious to google for um, <laughs> that's that's by the way absolutely something you should do the same for uh, vacuum cleaners by the way like if, uh, if a dog poops in the house and the vacuum cleaner goes over oh, it that's just amazing yeah. to look at I can imagine. it's definitely worth a, a, a google query that's just amazing footage um, so yeah but a this? lawnmower cool yeah. what's your Christmas wish Santa gives you any wish, what, what could you what would you want to make? Well, it's not a grass because if you look over my shoulder, I solved it by just like just cutting yeah. all the grass out and put tiles in it, like concrete everywhere and be done with the garden. Um <laughs> I'm not a gardener. So <laughs> I I honestly I don't know. I've 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 thought about it because I, I wanted to ask you this question, mm-hmm. but I honestly don't know. So maybe it would be like good cameras and video doorbells that are local and have events and support standard protocols properly. And they don't exist
0: at this point, I think. And they don't send to the cloud, even though they've got military grade security. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I totally. Yeah. Um, cameras. Are I think something, I have to ask center. Yes. Yeah, cameras are something that I, it's the same with the lawnmower, right? Like I, yeah, I, think they're cool. I would love, you know, to use the Synology surveillance station and have a whole command center set up and I can see when I'm out everything. Um, but no, there's just that trust issue. There's the local quality. All they're, they're expensive. There's, yeah. Yeah, exactly that. Uh, it's
1: good working local cameras mm. and doorbells. Thank you, Santa. Yep. In yeah,
0: if I could get rid of that ring, ring subscription, that would be amazing. Ah. That's, yeah. But they they work well, right? Like, I hear they work well. well it, after it's, I, right. I mean, it ties well into the Amazon Echo ecosystem. Um, right. But I do find it ha- is still delayed. Like, Postman hits the doorbell. By the time I get a notification in the office on my Echo that someone's at the door, Postman's gone, right? Like, yeah, or the Posty, as I should say in Aussie language. Uh, Posty's gone with my delivery back to the station and... I'm sad because my next IoT gadget I have to go and sign for. Um, yeah, cameras is one of those things that are just hard
1: in the automation world. Uh, something similar would be the um, uh, thermostats. Like, buy a good working, local, fully controllable thermostat is just a challenge. Uh, I don't know
0: why these two product categories are like that. But yeah, I have yeah. a Z-Wave thermostat from. Remotech um, works great through Home Assistant. Try and use it on the wall. I don't know how the buttons work. I like. I had someone out to replace the gas, and I actually had to use Home Assistant to turn the heating off and on because the control panel on the wall was so bad uh, that I didn't know how to turn it off or on through the actual thing on the wall. Uh, but then you get something like a Nest, then it's got to be a Google Cloud and the whole other oh. issues that come with that. Um, nope. Yeah so no i think thermostats you're right like that needs to be cameras and thermostats yeah please make them pretty nice
1: local and fully controllable standardized and like pretty and usable dear
0: santa please and i'll throw an extra air conditioning controllers like (laughs) (laughs) we're dumping a lot of frustration now in the end of the podcast right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I, don't I don't want to use box
1: looks pretty. I don't, I don't want to, have like to use like a Sensibo
0: uh, or a what is, what's the other one? The um, the Broadlink uh, or an ESP Home. I just want something pretty local to send IAP signals. It's not going to get becoming political. a theme. All that local stuff. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, technically, it, responsible. it kind of makes sense. Like you're, you're part of that You're the reason why we want. We've got. You've given us the the addiction of local control now, and everyone wants local.
1: I I don't think that that's the the problem. I think the problem is that companies keep like messing up. Oh, absolutely. It's bad for like in general, like, and it, so there uh, with 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 the cloud stuff. And again, I don't mind if it works well, and I know up front, and I make the decision like to accept that it does right but there's so many companies that like messed up their whole cloud stuff that people are now just scared of it which is kind of like they put that on themselves but at the same time there's so much local stuff around where they everybody tries to reinvent the wheel and their own protocols and Mm -hmm. make it sometimes so difficult and hard to use that's also weird. So, like, Zigbee and Z-Wave are cool, right? That, that helps a lot. But with the Zigbee world, then they try to invent their own or so the Zigbee protocols, and then it's hard to integrate again. And then there's a special exception needed in the equipment that uses that Zigbee stuff, like a, like Deep pet Feeder. That's not something that just worked. Somebody had to reverse that Zigbee specification in order to make it work. Uh, please. Every, any manufacturer, listening, Come on, just make it local. Use a standard. Make it like well documented. If you don't, and like embrace it. Make it easy for
0: everybody. I'll, I'll yes, just, please. Yeah. It just makes it easier for everyone, right? Like then people can be champions of your product and put it into home businesses yeah. you need to spend development resources. You know, doing all the integrations because you've made it open. Other people can do it for you. Yeah, there are specs. Use them. Like yeah. they' for free, often for free, right,
1: or at least document them and make it usable. I don't know, dear
0: Shanta <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it All right well, uh, yes, yeah, so we will be back 2022. Oh, sorry 2023.1 one we will be back uh, I get used to saying that. Um, yeah, Frank, thank you so much. let's not leave it three years again. Um, no, let's not. We'll, we'll see you on soon but yeah pleasure thank you as always thank you my pleasure as well and Merry Christmas Merry Christmas to you and Happy New Year Happy New Year